closer to us. Hello and welcome to Woman to Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Hankson Lawrence, and I'm excited you decided to join us on this journey. Well, we're just going to jump right into our conversation on today. Today, I'm excited about one of our guests from the Navigating Life Anthology, and we're just going to go right in and talk to this wonderful woman of God, and her name is Paulette Morgan. Paulette, welcome, welcome. How are you today? Hello, Denise. Hello, listeners. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and, it's a privilege um, to have you here. Such an honor. Uh, Pauline, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's Pauline? Before we, before we, Paula, I should say, sorry, yeah. before we get into this whole uh, book and everything, like, tell us something about yourself. Okay, so Paulette Morgan is a life coach. I coach widows, I coach women, I'm a motivational speaker to women, I am a wife, I am a mother, I'm a grandmother of five, <laughs> and I'm now an author, I'm a brand new Amazon number one best-selling author, and that was Pay totally... <laughs> Uh, amen that was totally god nothing to do with me totally god and i'm just excited about what he is doing and um, in this season yes, yes and um to him he he deserves all the glory and all the honor so i give it to him unreservedly it's all about him <laughs> i love it i love it paula so let's talk a little bit about this this contribution that you did as an author here in this number one bestseller. Yes. So you so, so happen to be in the one that's navigating life, health, grief, and loss. And yes. in that we have about 13 authors, but you're number one. You're the first chapter. <laughs> oh, all by God's doing. This is the first time I've written the first time I've written anything published. I mean, you know, you do little jottings from time to time and I do, I used to do poems and I even tried my hand at writing songs for one of my daughters who's nice. a musician and she laughed me to scorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is God, this is God. Yes, um, I wrote a chapter called In Sickness and in Health. Wow. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, my chapter was about navigating a period of great challenge in my life. Um, in summary, um, I was married for a total of 24 years, 15 of which was in sickness. Only nine was in health. It was a period of great challenges. I was running my business. I was um, trying to bring up two young children. And in the midst of it, my husband became ill. And this story gives just a, a, a snippet. Yeah. 
you know, a little, a mini movie, if you like, of some of the things that happened, not everything, because we were limited, as you know, you being my fellow author, Denise. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, we were limited to 3,000 words. So it's, uh, which 3,000, Lord? Which 3,000? <laughs> yeah, what do you share out of this journey, right? Exactly. And, and, and as you said there, what do you share? Because whatever you want to share, you want it to be uplifting. Yes. You want it to be worth reading. I personally wanted it to be something that I would want to read and to be able to take away something useful from, something empowering, something that would help me to um, navigate my challenges. So um, deliberately, anything that was very good, but still not necessary, had to be chopped out of it. Right. And, um, I know I read it and I was encouraged and I was uplifted and inspired and I was even challenged to question <laughs> certain things because even just the title itself in sickness and in health. And like you said, it was more years of sickness than the actual health. So how did you navigate? How, how did, how was your faith tested? Um, every, was a marriage tested? Everything. How did you actually navigate? Just give us a little bit of that. All of those, all of those. At my time of worst pain, I was so angry with God. I wouldn't even pray. Mm -hmm. I went through a period where I never went to church either. Okay because the anger was there. It's as if I was saying, God, I'm serving you. I'm doing everything you wanted me to do. How can this happen? Looking back now, though, I think, oh, you of so little faith, girl, hello. <laughs> Have you not read the Bible? Have you not read what happened to the disciples? Look at what even happened to Jesus. Do you want it to come into this um, Christianity? <laughs> um, I love the transparency, though. I love the transparency that you're saying. There was a period where you're like, um, hello, um, excuse me, I serve you. I'm on this board. I'm on that board. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And this is what you're allowing to happen. So I, I have to, I, I commend you on that transparency right there, because oftentimes we tend to think that, you know, this Christian life is so, hey, it's moments of joy every day. He says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy coming in the morning. I mean, there's going to be some weeping, right? There's going to be periods of weeping. And so you found yourself now in this state where, okay, right about now, I don't even want to hear the scriptures. I don't. So how else, what else happened in this point? Now you talk about the fact that, okay, there was awakening, like, okay, wait a minute. What about the others? What about your fate? So what was it like? What switched you from after being so angry with God? How did you find yourself on the other side? Okay. Number one, which was key, I had a strong family of faith who surrounded me. They never left us alone as a family. And not only were they praying for us, they were coming into our home once a week to pray. Our home on a Friday night became a place of prayer. 
Wow. Prayer warriors would be there praying with us, you know, and we're not talking about a great crowd. We're talking about maybe three or four women who persevered in prayer and one or two men also. Let us not forget the men. Okay, they, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> oh, yes. They came along and they prayed and they encouraged and they never left us alone. So even though I was not going to church, because also um, the way the illness progressed, it became wow. more difficult after a period of time to even go to church. However, admittedly, part of that was an excuse. I could still have gone, but they never left us. But not only did they pray, they did practical things like they would pick up my children from school for me. Wow. You know, they would cook. They would call me and say, on your way home from work, stop by we've done your we've done your dinner for you my gosh that practical things practical things i love that because oftentimes we hear about you know heavenly minded and earthly no good that's saying but now you've you've actually can testify that you've had that experience and the key thing that you said it wasn't a great gathering of many no. The selected no. few that were committed to it. And Absolutely. that is so important. Having that circle, having that support system, I, I consider you blessed because many have not experienced that. So oh. that indeed was indeed a blessing. Indeed. Oh, wow. Just that's just that alone. Just really yeah. like, wow. Just, wow. It was a blessing in the storm. So therefore, let us not overlook the blessings and what God is doing. Because sometimes we only see what we want to see. We say to God, you need to do this. And this will be the blessing. But we we are blind to the other things he's doing. That um, body of faith kept me spiritually, but Amen. also kept us at practical times because I needed the children being picked up. It was a pleasure to come home to a cooked meal that I didn't have to do myself, you know, yeah. and it, it was just fantastic having them. So I'll never forget the role that they played in this. They helped me spiritually, physically, all the way. That is awesome. That is awesome. You said something earlier about... Um you know, her faith, was there ever a moment in mm -hmm. that journey where you not necessarily say question God, but then did you have any requests for him? Like, were you specific in your prayer? I mean, here it is your husband of how many years, right? And you're going through 15 years of illness that doesn't seem to appear to be getting better. Did you have faith to believe that it would? And what was that like for you? Absolutely. My faith went as far as, Lord, heal him for your glory. Oh. Heal him, heal him, heal him, heal him. I heal him. I even um, encourage my children to believe in the healing. As a matter of fact, if you had come to me at any time during those 15 years and had said to me, or at least during the first 11, and I'll tell you why I've um, shaved 15 down to 11 in a minute. Uh -huh. If you had come to me in the first 11 and said to me, Paulette, your husband will die, I would have said, remove yourself from out of my face 
don't ever speak of that again because I was so positive that all I needed was enough faith and enough faith for him to be healed. That is all we talked about. Faith for healing, faith for healing, faith for healing. I even had people come up and say to me, oh, if you had enough faith, it would be healed. He would, he would be healed. <laughs> wow. Wow. So you said you scale off a few years. Explain that to me. At 11 years, do you know what God did? You tell me. Without a shadow of a doubt, I heard him say to me that my husband would die. Wow. The shock of him saying that. What I chose to do at that time, I actually panicked at first because I thought, I've not prepared my children for this. No. Because all of your story and your language and your act has been by faith. He yes. Okay. Yes. For God's glory. Don't forget that. Me. Oh, for God's glory. Yes. For yes. God's yes. Glory. yes. So you're telling God what his glory should be. Okay. Absolutely. I, I, I had become God's advisor. Imagine that. Yes. And then when God decided to say to me, not so, he would not live. He was going to die. He's not going to be healed in this state, in this not, place. not in this life, not in this life. I panicked and I felt guilty because at no time had I prepared my children for the alternative to healing in this life. But I decided that I owed it to them to say, look, my husband, myself we're all believers we're god's children and god's know god knows best and it was at that point 11 years on in his illness and almost 21 years of married life that i felt grace mm. i felt a burden lifted i was not i was no longer carrying this burden that I didn't realize I was carrying because I now the Bible says well cast your burden upon God yeah. I now had put the burden onto him right and I was I could then find rest in God trusting him so you see that thing called faith I never had faith at all or my faith was so small that it could only believe in a God who could heal. My faith was not enough to believe in a God who let him have his way. Let him direct your life, Paulette. Wow. That is deep what you just said, because, wow, your faith, you were limiting God. But what I hear also is you surrendering to God's Finally. perfect will. To God's Finally. perfect will. To God's perfect will concerning your life, your children's life, and your husband, your late husband's yes. life. Yes. Yeah. And what happened then? The anger went. I was no longer upset with God. Yeah. I was letting him have his way. And the grace, the grace was multiplied. The physical strength, the spiritual growth, 
everything became easier. The illness became worse. Wow. But coping became easier because I was no longer depending on me to tell God what to do. Instead, I was, as it were, that, that, that poem, Footprints in the Sand? Yes. It's as if now he was carrying, carrying us. Yes. Wow. 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 What a testimony. What a testimony. Yeah. Paula, that is just so much. You then finally having the grace to cope. Talk a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. And there was an irony there. For much of the 11 years, when I was trying to twist God and tell him what to do, healing my husband, and I was finding it so hard to cope, and I was really burdened and distressed. My husband was at total peace. Wow. Peace, perfect peace. God, I've, I've shared with others, God had healed him spiritually. God had healed his soul. God had been doing a work in him all along. And he was totally peaceful. I was the one who found it so difficult to cope because all this time I was fighting God because I wanted him to give me the answer that was easier for me to accept. And that was the physical healing from MS. You wanted the evidence that he was going to be healed from MS while he had gotten to the place where he was already surrendered spiritually to God, understanding his illness, understanding his journey and what is to come out of it. He's saying to God, okay, I am ready when you are, I've yielded over to you, but you were still hoping on that faith, kind of twisting God, as you said, for his glory. So, because if your husband is healed from MS physical, where everyone knows yes. about God, you're going to yes. get the glory. Yes. Wow. Wow. People, wow. people were visiting him and leaving his bedside because as time went on, he was totally, um, you know, bed bound. Yeah. They were leaving his room. They were leaving his bedside and they were saying, I went to visit him, but boy, did he encourage me? Mm, come on. Yes. Come on. He was ministering to the people who went to minister to him. Wasn't that for God's glory already? Come on. Ask you to do something since you already know you've already been convicted with this you've already been you you're the one that went through this journey share something share some of the snippets in that so our listening audience could hear and those who are watching like okay. any part of the story that really stands out to you that you would like to share okay right let me just give um our listeners a snippet of what it may have looked like what it, not what it did look like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> multiple sclerosis dominated our lives. The gradual but insistent isolation of illness became our reality. Over time, we were reduced from active socializing with friends and family to being stuck in the prison 
of our own home. Wow. There were no remissions. The illness was aggressive and progressive. We made constant adjustments to accommodate the relentless relapses. I decided to cease using agency staff and directly employed a carer on payroll instead. This new arrangement worked better because the new male carer and I worked as a team. Mm. I would leave daily schedules with specific instructions for feeding, medication, hydration, and the works. Wow. That takes a lot. Our beautiful home, which we bought with pleasure and anticipation, literally became a prison because we were isolated together. And we loved him so much, we didn't want to go anywhere without him. Right. I talk about love. Um, I'm going to share with you what stands out with me, two things, um, mm. as we get ready to wrap up with this story. But talk about love and commitment. Uh, while reading, I had to put this book away and then take a moment and come back, question even my own standing like okay how committed am I to my husband's requests or his deepest desires in terms of should he leave this earth before I do and like yours mine has a desire to return to his homeland you know our homeland in Jamaica <laughs> I don't I'm going to say publicly I'm not sure I have the same strength that you have, which you demonstrated along with your beautiful daughters at such young age as well, you know, 20 and 15, if I'm not mistaken. And mm -hmm. his That's desire terrible. was to return to Jamaica at the time that he leaves this earth. That was always a discussion that you guys had from the beginning of marriage and whatever. And his thing was to always be home, like to pass away on that land, but all your support is here. I would think because you live in, you live in the UK, you live in the UK, you have your church, you have your family, whatever. What was that like for you to honor that request to have a service here and to go to Jamaica and have a service there and then to come back and know that, okay, you can't go visit him at the cemetery, go spend some time, read him his favorite poem, write him a poem or something. I understand, you know, people say, okay, once they're gone, some, but some, some of us like to visit. Some of us, it's that piece. We know they're not here. We understand that, but it's that way of grieving and coping and navigating. What was that like for you to make that decision, to be so committed to honoring his request? Um, Denise, I don't understand it. I can't explain it. However, we loved him enough to want to give him the desires of his heart. And even as you say the things which I know, we can't visit him as often as we would like to. We can't go lay flowers on his grave and all those things. Overriding that was what would he have wanted because may i say the first the last four years when, when i stopped at the 11 the yeah. last four 
he lost the ability to speak. Okay, okay. So even as it came closer and closer to his death, he wasn't able to even tell us whether he had changed his mind. He wasn't able to tell us what his final, final wishes were. But all his life, all our married life, all our courting life, we'd always talk about, we want to be buried in Jamaica. We want to be buried in Jamaica. Yeah. And I had no reason to believe he had changed his mind, even though I was still here and our daughters were still here. We had no reason to believe. So we just had to put ourselves in his place and say, he couldn't live his last few years in Jamaica, which is what he had wanted to do. He, we, we had planned to return to Jamaica when this illness started. Right, right. Yes. Right. Yes. So although he visited during the illness, the last time he visited was about six or seven years before he died. And the joy that Jamaica gave him, yes. we couldn't think of anything else that would honor him than forgetting what we would want, but to give him what he, to our knowledge, would have wanted. You taught me a few things. I'm having to rethink my thoughts here. <laughs> Let me be, listen, that is love. That is commitment. That is, wow, that just speaks volume in so many ways. Yeah. Another thing I want to highlight in our closing is that there's a part of the chapter here that I, like you said, the experience taught me some invaluable lessons that mm -hmm. started me on my journey of becoming a Christian relationship coach. I have learned more about marriage during the last 15 years of illness than I did in the nine years of health. Talk to me a little bit about that. Indeed. The 15 years of illness taught me what my vows meant. I never had to think about my vows in the nine years where we had great fun and we were both, you know, um, full of health, full of vigor, just getting on with life and progressing on all our plans were working well. It's as if the nine years was how we saw it. This is what married life is about. But the last 15 taught us what married life was really about about putting the other person first and even it was a struggle i kid you not it was a struggle to just hang on in there especially as um he became more and more and more ill and became less of the active partner that i used to have we went everywhere pinky and perky <laughs> Buddy and Clyde, <laughs> we, we were a couple, we, we were such great friends. We would just right. look at each other and burst out laughing and other people would say, what are you two laughing at? Right. We, we were so, we, we were, we were so. friendship in that marriage. That's beautiful. Friendship was key. Yeah. I remember when it really hit and when it was so hard to cope and I said to God, and, you know, my whole body, my whole being was screaming out, quit, quit. Somebody even said to me, nobody would blame you if you quit. And I said, God, 
I thank you that he's my friend. I thank you that I can stand here beside my friend and help my friend make it through. Yeah. And that's when I recognize the importance of your spouse being your friend, somebody you can trust. He trusted me with his life. He trusted me not to not to quit on him, not to dump him someplace, not to walk out. He couldn't even speak it, but he trusted me. And I thank God that by his grace, I was able to stand by my vows. I repeat, it was not easy. I would not wish it on anyone. I would not wish to go through this experience again because this experience almost broke me. Yes. Broke yes. me. I wouldn't wish any family, no woman, no man, nobody would I wish this on again. So I take no credit for having seen it through. Right. I give all the glory to God because I know that it was he who helped me, strengthened me, assisted me, and carried me through navigating this passage. Beautiful. Of time. Let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. Um, I know you're now uh, not just one book, but now you have your other book that's coming. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. But just to close off in terms of the navigating life process here, and I know you're now remarried. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> 11 years now. <laughs> to your new husband, whose name is Harold, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it also was the name of your first husband, Harold. Harold. Indeed. I'm God desperate. is something. And you tell me God doesn't have humor? Oh, yeah, right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I know. Married twice to Harold. <laughs> <laughs> A name that you don't really like, right? Indeed. <laughs> Okay, we won't let them know. We Don't tell everybody. <laughs> but um, Paulette, tell me something. Um, for those who are listening and watching, what would you have for their call of action or what would you want them to take away from our conversation today? Dealing with, you, you're looking at marriage. You are now a Christian relationship coach. Um, we often talk about the fact that there's a purpose in your pain. Mm -hmm. And for some people, they're able to pivot their pain into purpose. Yes. I strongly believe from even what I've read and just meeting you and everything. And I know there was obviously purpose in your pain and in your journey. And it's resonating now, as you said, one of the lessons that you've learned and you're now pouring into women, you're pouring into widows, you're pouring into, you're talking about relationship. you mentioned something so key, communication, friendship, because at the end of the day, all the physical contact has ended at this Absolutely. point in terms of intimacy, in terms of um, other areas. Mm -hmm. Now, what keeps you in this marriage and everything like that? So now you can speak from a place of been there, done that, understand it. I have the t-shirt, I have the badges. Mm -hmm. What would you say you want someone to, to walk away with today from this conversation and from your story that you have shared in this anthology? What I would like couples to do, and maybe it's more pointed at the women, 
because when I see couples planning weddings, they're planning the perfect day, this wine over that wine, the perfect dress, um, the perfect everything. What are they really investing in planning at the front of all that? Because it will take more than the perfect day to keep the marriage going. You're going to hit some speed bumps. Some may not be so devastating, but potentially you could face one that I faced. Anything can happen in a marriage. So I'm asking couples, please, when you take those vows, be very conscious, be very mindful that you're going into this hopefully for the long haul and what the long haul may entail. I wish it not that you have to navigate these challenges that I navigated, but there will be some challenges. Therefore, those vows, look into those vows, communicate together. What should this mean if? Yeah. It's very sobering when you think about the vows. And it should be. It should be. Another part is till death do us part. What do you mean? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? So I'm not at all putting anybody off marriage. I love marriage. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it twice. <laughs> I was about to so say, I did it twice. <laughs> you know, but, but seriously, when I asked God, because when I realized that my husband was going to die, I said, God, I'd like to marry again. Wow. I've spent from 33 to 49 wow. in sickness a large chunk you could yeah. say the best years if you like yeah. you know of marriage and i would like to marry again this time i'm not going to tell i'm not going to tell you what to do just give me a man who loves me but i want him to love you more because a man who loves you more is a man i can trust come on and that was all i asked and you were indeed blessed with that absolutely he gave me a fantastic man called Harold. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I love our conversation today. Oh, let's let's hope that you can navigate through those names. <laughs> Actually, that's why I call him Fernando. <laughs> there you go. Listen, make it work for you. Make it work for you. <laughs> Indeed. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's such a pleasure to have you on today. Such a pleasure. Such an honor. Oh my goodness. I love it. Thank you so much. For Thank you. you. The pleasure Ladies, was mine. Listen, if anyone wants to get in contact with you with regards to uh having a signed copy of the Navigating Life anthology or just to find out about your coaching business and anything that you're offering, how would they get in touch with you? Yes, they can email me. Paulette at womanarise.co.uk or they can find out even more about me at www.womanarise.co.uk. 
www.ghostbusiness.co.uk. It will be my pleasure to speak with them. They can ask me for more. They can ask me for more of my story. Obviously, 3,000 words was not enough. And I'm here. I'm willing to encourage any woman who finds herself in any situation similar to mine who just like to hear more of how God came through for me in these times. Thank you, Paula, for coming on today to Woman to Woman podcast. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I'm sure our listeners, uh, they will laugh. They probably are crying because <laughs> I've done that. I've laughed. I've cried. I've done kind of like, you know, but hey, it's navigating through this <laughs> recording, basically. And we certainly do thank you and kudos to you again. Congratulations on being part of this anthology. Number one bestseller, actually two books and both were number mm -hmm. one bestseller. Mm -hmm. You and I are in this one together. So it's really ours is the most special than the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <hello. laughs> and certainly thank God for Claudine Reed and the Divine mm -hmm. Soul Publishing Company with Camille yes. Daly did an awesome job. Yes. And as I mentioned earlier, you are a two-time author. Now you have another book and we're going to yes. talk a little bit more about that in our next yes. recording. Um, yes. But we just want to tell them what's the title of that book for those who are listening in case they want to get that too. The book is called Woman dot 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 arise exclamation point. There's <laughs> a, so, a whole lot of stuff going on. Tell yeah, me the, so it's called Woman it's called Woman Arise. And it's it's um it'll be um launched on the fourth of September. So they can read about it on the website and I may even give a little snippet in our next interview. Absolutely. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Again, thank you for coming on. Ladies, if you want to reach out to Paulette Morgan, uh, she's giving you the information. Woman Arise. Is it womanarise.co or .com? Uh, .co.uk. .co.uk. Yes. Thank you so much. And I uh, hope this recording and this uh was of empowerment to you, upliftment. If one thing I've learned is like, wow, marriage is not about the wedding day. It is what happens afterwards. Yes. The commitment, it's a communication, mm -hmm. it's faith and the journey. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us Thank on you. today. God Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Denise. You're welcome. <laughs>